All right, welcome to the next edition of Morgan the Ask For podcast, uh, November 29th, about nine o'clock here. Um, you know, the week after Thanksgiving. Um, let's let's you know, we kind of talked that we're gonna go Iowa State. I want to ask you a question. There's been a lot of debate on talk radio in Des Moines this week. I, I just, you know, kind of ADD, ADD, whatever you want to call it, um, squirrel here. I uh, just thought of it in my head. Thought I did want to ask you, is the last you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of Thanksgiving, the best four days in basketball or in sports of the sports calendar. Four things. Does it pass the four days of the NCAA tournament? For me, it does because it's football involved. You know, I love college basketball and I will watch those four days like none other. But because football is involved, I think it is. What do you think? And then just overall. As big of a football fan as I am, I actually disagree. The first four days of March Madness or whatever is probably the most exciting. And the only reason I love that there's football on, but Thanksgiving Day, uh, it's on, but I don't pay attention because I'm talking to family and stuff like that. So I don't really get to watch the games as much as I would probably like or prefer to. And then on Friday, uh, the Black Friday games, then my schedule's all messed up. and I don't know what day it is, even though I do. It's one of those weird things. But I'm not saying I dislike it. But if I had to pick one or the other, those those first four days of March Madness are pretty tough to beat. Right. A couple things you can argue either way. I'm not going to like completely destroy you for that. Having the first four days is most people, not everybody, but a lot of people have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off Thanksgiving. NCAA tournament time, if you want to take Thursday and Friday and watch, you have to take it off work. Most people yep. work that time. So that's kind of a plus for the Thanksgiving. And then, you know, just in general, you know, like you said, Thanksgiving day is a little hard, you know, um, you know, it's always on, but again, you're not a hundred percent locked in. I'm, I'm, you know, neither one of us are Cowboys or Lions fans. I think, you know, if I lived in Detroit or I lived in, in Dallas, you know, you know, my family's kind of, that'd be something you might just try to do every year. Just go to the game. I, I think mm-hmm. that'd be a great family tradition. You know, because and that's why they have it there every year. Um, I always watch it, and then I, I really like the night game. It'll that they've added, you know, that Thursday night game all probably last five or six years. I really like that one, and then obviously Brock Purdy made it really interesting this year. And then you know, um, Iowa and Iowa State played basketball that day this year as well, which made it a little little different. And Iowa State won that game. And then you know, Friday was a, you know, just Friday's a great day anyway. I um, used to always go pheasant with my dad in the morning and then we'd watch sports or whatever. You know, I don't go pheasant so much anymore because there's no pheasants or not as many. I shouldn't say none, but not not as many. I uh, don't have a dog. So things like that, uh, you know, just started, you know, uh, the day with Iowa at 11. Again, Iowa State played basketball Friday. So watch that, you know, and just had a great day with with friends all day here in Oskaloosa. And then, you know, went out. uh met you guys later in the day and stuff. And then, you know, then Saturday, the Ohio state Michigan game, and then ended with the Iowa state game. I think what made this weekend better than most is it was pretty successful. Iowa and Iowa state both won the football games. They both won a basketball game. You know, I Iowa lost a basketball game and Iowa state ended up losing two basketball games, but just overall, um, I think that was some of it that made it better than average is both Iowa and Iowa state won in Interesting fashions, I should say that. 
Yeah, you mentioned it when you first started there. A lot of people, uh, you know, they get the holidays off on the Thanksgiving. So that's a big plus, as you mentioned. And for yeah, the Ohio State-Michigan game, I only got to see the final play of that. I walked in the Elks as the interception happened. Uh, basically the final play. And uh, yeah, that was another day where I was out doing family stuff and didn't get to watch a lot of football as I'd like. But I, I do get your point. I mean, if you can sit around and and watch football those four days and then you got the Iowa State basketball games playing, men's and women's, it, there's a lot going on in those days. Yeah, I was just – I was, you know, you know, really overall able to to watch most most of the games I wanted to watch and everything. All right, so let's move on here. We're going to start with Iowa. Uh, like we said, 11 a.m. Friday morning, just – you know, wake up, get around, and, and they started the game right off at Nebraska. Um, just another Iowa football game. Nothing else to say about it. Just the way they played all year, and it is amazing. Is he will not change quarterbacks? But he has no problem changing a, a kicker to kick the game-winning field goal, and it just absolutely baffles me that that is the way it is. Now, I don't disagree with the, you know, changing kickers at all. But for that kid to come in and kick a field goal, never had kicked this year at all, and to step up and make it against one of your bigger rivals to keep them out of bowling, you know, which is a huge deal for Iowa. You know, obviously it didn't change. Win or loss doesn't change Iowa's anything except for a 10-win season. I mean, there's you always want to win, and they always want to beat Nebraska. But for him to step up and kick a field goal and make it in that situation was unbelievable. And you, you just can't uh, – meter is his last name. And I I saw today – I think I should pull it up on a tweet. But Chad Lysakow, who works for the Register, the last six times I was had a field goal in the last minute to win a game, they have not missed. That is impressive. You know, it it does have you you sometimes you miss it. You know, Drew Stevens missed earlier in the day. But when a game comes to win a win a football game in the last minute, I was like six for six in our last six attempts. That is impressive. I was special teams, special teams defense. Yeah. We, we gotta have it to win these games. It, it's good to be Nebraska. That kid coming in, not kicking, is very impressive. Drew Stevens has been a really solid kicker, had a tough day. And, you know, as a lot of people are joking around, Nebraska finds another way to lose at the end of a game like they always seem to do in the last however many years since Bo Pelini has been there. So that was good to get to 10 wins. Uh, we'll see what happens in the Big Ten Championship. But, again, a 10-win season could have been 11. You know, 12-0 and 0 would have been uh, – we would have needed a better quarterback and receiver to play out of the team or total offense. We know that. But – 10 and 2 is still a still a really solid season, even though the offense has been atrocious. Absolutely. Um, but again, it's just, you know, it doesn't get more Iowa than that. And, you know, they make the play. You know, Chubba Purdy threw that pass right to that guy, but that kid still made the catch. Iowa State had a, you know, we'll get to them here in a little bit, but they had a chance to they ended up getting a uh, interception, but they dropped a couple. Sometimes th things like that happen. They drop it. Nope, Iowa doesn't. They catch the ball, you know, a couple plays and then a big run to set up the field goal closer. You know, it, was, it still wasn't a gimme, but they gave themselves a better chance. And they just make the plays, and it's super impressive. 
they, they do make the plays. The defense and special teams do, and we need them to um, most of the time because, again, the offense can't do much, as we know. That's a story as old as time at this point. But, yeah, it was fun to beat Nebraska. Always love to see Nebraska lose and to keep them out of a bowl. That's a little icing on top there. Right. Uh, Cooper DeGene, returner, kick returner of the year, the Big Ten. Um, Kirk Ferentz, second. Um, and then Cooper Jean also D-back of the year, I believe, in the Big Ten. Um, so a couple good awards there, but uh, Kirk Ferentz got second to the Northwestern guy. You can make an argument for both. Um, mm. I, I do think Kirk probably deserved it as much as anybody, but from what, what that uh, Northwestern guy walked into to what they did, um, I believe went in seven football games after one last year under their all-time coach. Um, pretty impressive. So you really can't argue that one but it would have been nice for him to it would have been nice for him to win it but really can't argue it i don't think no the best the mess that they had there you're right that that he had to take over the scandal and all that type of stuff that was going on you know he probably does deserve it kirk first second whatever but uh you you can't go wrong with either one of those i don't think all right um that's probably enough you know talking last week for them um looking forward um big 10 championship game saturday night um, against Michigan again, just like two years ago. Um, hopefully not a repeat of 42-3. to three. I believe that was a game. You went to that game, I believe? No, I went to the Michigan State game in 2015. Okay, 2015, okay. Brett and DeCock and them, yeah, went. I would have gone that year, or, but I, I had a feeling they were going to get uh, rolled in that one just because, mm-hmm. again, the offense it wasn't much. But, yeah. All right, Um, here is the stat of the day for this one. First half points total for Iowa, 0.5. Second half point total for Iowa, 0.5. You have to bet the over. Surely they're going to score, but I don't know. Now, I'll be honest. I was listening to some uh, people talk, and I think it did go up a little bit. Um, But when I wrote this um, earlier today, when I was writing this down, um, it was 0.5. So I did hear, I think it is 1.5, which makes sense because there's really no difference and 0.5 and 1.5 because the least amount of points you could get at one time is two. So it really doesn't change anything. But the 0.5 is just, I mean, just it's just amazing. <laughs> to be playing in a, a championship game right. and you're over under for points for each half is, is 0.5. I mean, that's uh, there, there's no secrets for five was offense. That's for sure. The, right. the, the secret's out, um, as everybody knows. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's. You know, do you want to talk about that game? Obviously, yep. I, yep. You know, my my thoughts on our my gut feeling is it's probably probably a blowout like last time. You think it's as bad? You think it's forty two three blowout or is it thirty to 10? maybe not forty? Maybe not forty two three, but in this game, I was going to need a couple turnovers. I They're going to need the offense to score a couple touchdowns, which that's just about impossible for them to do. And going right. against Michigan's defense is going to be even tougher. And we're going to need. In my opinion, not necessarily a special teams touchdown, but we're going to need a big return to set the offense up with a good field position, even just get a field goal, you know, let alone yeah, a return, an interception, a kick, a punt. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to have to win the turnover battle for sure, probably by more than two, I would say. Um, yeah. And then, you know, every play that you have a chance to make, you have to make it, you know. Um, and you just can't have any, you know, really – and the only thing I, I think, if I remember back correctly, 
Michigan needed to a good showing in that Big Ten title game um, last time. They don't this time. They just have to win the football game. They they could win it ten to seven, and they're still going to be number one if Georgia loses, and number two if Georgia still wins. They're they're not going below number two as long as they win the game. Now if they lose, it all bets are off. But if they win the football game, whether it's forty-two to three or ten to seven, they are number one or number two, and it does not matter. It just matters what the Georgia game is. So there's nothing that they can do to change their ranking themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Michigan's going to be in if they win. Obviously, like you said, they'll be one or two depending on what happens with the Georgia game. Uh, you almost wonder if the conspiracy theory people are going to come out. Does the NCAA want Michigan to lose this game to somehow keep them out with the whole Harbaugh scandal and all that? But uh, the, the the playoff dynamic, that's I'm sure we're going to get in that here in a little bit. Uh, and I don't think it'll be as bad as last time they played, but it's going to be really tough for Iowa to win this one because, again, the offense, I mean, it's just – I don't even know what to say. If if they can get if they can even get to nine or ten points, I'd be pretty impressed. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, if if I was going to make a game of it, it's got to be twenty to ten going into that fourth quarter. If you make a play or two, you got a chance. I mean, that's all you could ask for. I think. I mean, I think that's just got to be. If Michigan gets to thirty, it's game over. Yeah, that it's game over. Then I wouldn't be surprised to see Iowa with a trick play or two in the first mm-hmm. drive or the first quarter, quarter and a half to try to get some momentum, still, uh, still some yards, that type of deal. But yeah. Going into half. I mean, if, if Iowa can be within 10 at halftime, I think that'll be a, a, a good start to hopefully pull in the upset. If it's 14 or more, I, I don't think there's much of a chance unless Michigan just melts down, has a bunch of turnovers. Yeah. I mean, I, I think really what it comes down to, Iowa's been pretty good in the first quarter. I mean, they're, I think Coach Ference and all them, they do a pretty good job of scripting their plays and being relatively successful for them in the first quarter. Second and third quarter are got off. And then the fourth quarter, for the most part, they've done better. You know, they make that last second adjustment or they make a play, whatever it is, but they've got to stop that middle two quarters where they punt. They go three and out four straight times. That cannot happen in this game. You have to at least get a few first downs and give Torrey Taylor the chance to pin Michigan inside the five. You can't be punting from your own 20 and giving them the ball at the 25 or 30. Um, You just can't. You're not going to win that game at all. And you have to get a first down or two. And Drew Stevens has to come back and not kick it out of bounds because that's, you know, get the ball at the 35-yard line instead of the 25. That's one first down. That's big on how Iowa plays football. Yeah, I mean, Iowa barely can afford any mistakes, probably none, you know, two or three penalties at most, no turnovers, no kicks out of bounds, as you mentioned. If we do get the opportunity to kick field goals, got to make them. Torrey Taylor's got to be on his A game. And it's, boy, if, if people never watched Iowa play and they're just talking modern football and you're, you're talking just pick up a first down or two, they'd think, boy, that's that's pretty low bar, but that's the bar of Iowa's offense. So, yeah, a first down or two every drive will really help and give the defense a rest. Right. And Michigan's got the – I think they're number one defense in the nation, aren't they? I or believe it. I, yeah, number one at least in the Big Ten, if not the you know top two or three for sure. Um, but I, I do think it is number one. And then it's a number five or six offense. I mean, it's really up there in the offense too. They've 
you know, their schedule's not been great either. Um, you know, obviously the last two of the last three weeks it's turned around, but going into the, you know, 10 weeks into the year, um, it was not good. Um, but obviously playing at Penn state and then, you know, Ohio state definitely improved it, but, um, yeah, just, Hey, chip in a chair, you got a chance. And that's, and, and I don't know, did you hear, uh, Kirk Ferentz's comments yesterday? like online or anything that is kind of funny comments at the did, press uh, conference. I don't know if I saw it yet. I, like I, I told you before we got started, I've been, yeah. this week's been kind of chaos. Uh, but uh, so I'm, I'm a little out of the loop on some stuff this so, week. So Scott Dockerman who works for the athletic is follows Iowa um, asked, you know, Kirk Ferentz, you know, overall, you know, America loves the underdog, but why is no one, you know, cheering for Iowa or anything? And he was kind of making a joke. Well, maybe it's me. I think I'm a kind of a likable guy and stuff. And he goes, we like her. We got good colors. I was easy to spell and everything. Just kind of really joking. And then Ray Gunn made a shirt. Our colors are great. And I was easy to spell. You know, just see that. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, you know, it's Kirk being Kirk. And he's still salty about that Minnesota thing. Uh, his postgame comments and then you, the press conference, you know. And again, I don't think it changed anything, but you're 11 and one. Um, you're ranked about number 10 in the country, I would say. And you would win, and somehow you win this game, and you're 12 and one. And your one loss is at Penn State, who's also a top 10 team. I don't think they get to the playoff, but you got a way better argument than you do now. Um, oh, yeah. And you made the play to win that football game, and it just was a call that went against you. And, you know, that's how close they are to, you know, you control your own destiny. You win the Big Ten and your your one loss is at Penn State. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. No, over, overall, it's been a, a really good year. You know, as much as I've complained about Brian Ferentz, and I still agree with the decision that he has to go, you, you can't have this bad of an offense two years in a row, in my opinion. Uh, but but 10-2 is still really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, considering how, again, how bad the offense is. And, yeah, I did see Kirk's comments. Uh, you know, he doesn't do that very often, bringing up stuff in the past. But this one must be, uh, like you said, he's still salty about it. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, really that's probably enough. But just um, future games for Iowa Bowl games, obviously if they would win, they'd be in the New Year's Six. I don't know which game it is because the Rose Bowl is part of the playoff this year, so they would not go to the Rose Bowl. Um, so they'd go to one of the others. I don't know which ones they all are, but uh, this year. Um, who Assuming they where. lose, I've seen probably the Citrus Bowl is what I yeah, keep seeing. Yeah, probably the Citrus Bowl, which you know they've been to the last the last couple of times, where they play Ole Miss, and I think that would be a great game. Ole Miss can score points. Um, you know, kind of opposites in head coaches. Lane Kiffin's kind of flair. Now he's gotten better. He's gotten older. We were having this discussion. Maybe it was with you even th- this week uh, weekend. Is you know you can't blame him. He, he, I mean, yes, he's messed up and, and, you know, been fired from several jobs and stuff, but if the Oakland Raiders offer you the head job at age 32, are you going to turn it down? No, you're going there. That didn't work out. And Al Davis fired him and he got the Tennessee job. And then again, as 99.9% of people after one year, USC calls. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to USC and it didn't work out. He went to Alabama. You know, I mean, it, it happens now. He's gotten a way leg up because of who his dad was. But, 
you can't keep getting these jobs if you suck. You know, it can't be that bad. No, that I, I agree with everything you said. It, it'd be a good matchup. Uh, Ole Miss's offense versus Iowa's defense. You know, laid back Kirk versus, uh, you know, still a fiery or outgoing mm-hmm. uh, Lane Kiffin. But yeah, you're right. He's he's calmed down a little bit since he's gotten older. But yeah, I don't I don't blame him for his past really that much. I mean, the Raiders calls you're going to take the job, and same thing with Tennessee and USC. Uh, he was offered a lot of money at prestigious programs. What are you going to do? Say no. Yeah. <laughs> As we found out, it the best job to be in football is to be a coach because it doesn't matter if you win or lose, they'll pay you. $28,000 a day to 2031 to not coach. It's not too bad. And I, I saw where Jimbo Fisher's first job in college coaching paid twenty grand a year. Now he's getting paid $28,000 a day to not do it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to get paid twenty grand a day to not do a lot of things. Just period. Hell, I'd do a lot of things for $28,000 Or I'd do a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> I'd work my ass off to do that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and Dana Holgerson's getting fifteen million dollars. Tom Allen's getting like fourteen million dollars. Um, and did you see this today? Bobby Petrino going back to Arkansas as the offensive coordinator. That's a weird deal. I don't disagree with. That. I think he's a, again. If you are a good football coach, they don't care. If you remember, ten years ago or so, he was the head coach at Arkansas. Mistress oh, on the back of the motorcycle. Actually, heard a story today that that is not true. Um. There's a little bit of conspiracy through that, but I, I won't diverge. But I did hear a, a conspiracy theory on that. Um, it was not a motorcycle accident. He just got his ass kicked, but we'll see. Um, but they did have to get like presidential approval because he was fired with cause. And, you know, usually when you get fired from a school, it's like for life, like truly is in their contract. Like you cannot be hired there again. Um, so they did have, now he's going there as the offensive coordinator, not the head coach. Um, but they did have to get presidential approval to do that, and they did it. And he's going to get paid. He's still getting paid by AM for so long. It hit his con. Uh, my buddy looked at his contract. He gets paid like uh, he's going to get paid three hundred fifty thousand um, dollars for like a year, and then it goes to like one point eight million dollars. <laughs> so they're shoving it to A and M too, because all that is is um, he's getting his A and M money. And then taking that away, and then it'll go right back up to the price he was getting. That's what those those coaches are. That's why those coaches go work for Alabama. Then go take get paid fifty grand by Nick Saban, but still getting three and a half million dollars a year from Tennessee or whoever. And they don't care because they're still getting that full money. It's not a bad gig, as Zach would say. That's no college college football and basketball coaching is a way to do it. (laughs) All right, anything else with Iowa? No, uh, do you want to do, do you want to predict the score? I, I think it'll be thirty to seven. Thirty seven. Yep. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go twenty nine to six, Michigan. Okay. Yep. So we're pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. Um, Five points. You know, let's, the spread's twenty one and a half. Uh, last I saw. So, um, yeah, it, it's dropped a little bit actually. Was like if Iowa, if Iowa can get to ten points or more, they've really got they've got a chance. Maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> getting that ten points is going to be tough, though. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's uh, interesting there. So, all right, now let's move to Iowa State. They played Saturday night. You know, it's kind of the opposite ends of this. That's what you know we're talking earlier with the the whole weekend. But Friday morning at eleven, 
to seven o'clock Saturday night. That's a long, long time between Iowa and Iowa State playing. Farmageddon at K State. Farmageddon turned into Snowmageddon, um, and they were not ready for it in Manhattan. Um, they didn't. I mean, I've never seen anything quite like it, where they truly did not clean the field. I mean, all they did is brush a little bit of snow off the sidelines and the yard markers and, you know, like when they were running up and down, I had no idea where they were at in the field because you couldn't see it. The announcers didn't know it. And I was, you know, I've listened to interviews and stuff and talking to John Walters and stuff who does Iowa State Radio. He's like, I had no idea. You know, you kind of, you're trying to do the math in your head, trying to figure it out. There's one, two, three yard. And he goes, but, you know, and he goes, I don't even know how the kids did it. You know, like Sama, you run through and you just run past the goalpost and then you know you went far enough. It, it was a fun game to watch. But yeah, you're oh. right. The, the snow was all over the place and you could see, you could just kind of make out where they were. And, and of course, there was a lot of big plays, which helped right. uh, when those were going on. Those were fun. But yeah, that a snow game like that, I always love. I mean, everybody does it, loves football or played it. I mean, that's that's so much fun to watch on TV. All right, so so here's just a couple of things that I have found out in the last few days that happened during this trip before and after the game that make this even more interesting. Somehow, some way, the pregame meal and everything at the hotel was not done. They, for breakfast, they had to go to Walmart and buy stuff, and like the coaches and things were making omelets for the kids and everything. Now... When you go on these trips, you're staying in nice hotels and in the banquet halls and everything. Essentially, you have a buffet line that everybody goes through and eats. You know, obviously, for a seven o'clock game, you're going to have a breakfast, you're going to have a lunch, and then you're going to have like a pregame, you know, like a a snack or something, especially with three games like that. You're not going to have three full meals, but you'll have two full meals and then kind of a snack thing. And usually it's all provided by the hotel. You paid for it, you know, everything. Somehow it got messed up. So the coaches, had to make breakfast for the kids. And it was, you know, go to Walmart and buy, you know, thousand eggs. I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you're feeding. Food. Well, yeah, you got, you got 80, you got, I think you probably take 70 players. You got 30 coaches. You got radio guy. I mean, yeah, you're feeding lots of people. Now in this situation, you might've um, all those auxiliary people. Hey, you got to go find your, you got to go to McDonald's or something, you know, uh, which is fine. Um, but yeah, so you're you're doing that. So that was one. And then for like lunch, um, I guess there was a subway close. So they went and got subway for most for the kids. But that's not the food that you know that they're used to having, and that's not where your plan is. So there was one. And then after the game, because of the weather, they had to de-ice the plane, which makes sense. And you want it done. The airport ran out of de-icer did not have enough for the plate. So they sat on the tarmac for five hours. They could have gotten a bus and drove home yeah, faster. And it's a 40 minute flight. Like that's all the flight is. It's not very long. I've done it. They could have gotten a bus and drove home faster. <laughs> and this is like, Walters was like, think of it this way. The flight home was 40 minutes. So that's like Iowa State's time of possession in the game. Sitting on the tarmac for four and a half hours waiting for the de-icer was like Kansas State's time of possession. And we'll get to this. We're going to have to stop here 
in a couple minutes, and we're going to have to finish the Iowa State talk um, with some of those crazy stats of this game. Um, you know, obviously they, they won the football game 42-35 to 35 in the snow, fun, everything, great, great. But the stats of this game are absolutely amazing. I'm sure you've seen some of it on the internet and everything. Um, but let's take a quick break here. Um, I'm going to refill my drink. Um, I don't know if you have a drink or not. And we'll come back and we'll finish the Iowa State talk here after this quick break here. Sounds good. If you want the new Morgan you asked for koozie delivered to your mailbox, please give us a five-star rating and review on your podcast player. Screenshot the picture of it and email it to me. The email address is Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. All right, welcome back here to the second part of Morgan Asked For Podcast. You know, continuing the Iowa State talk, you know, like we said, just so many weird things um, at the game, before the game, after, you know, after, and then just the way the game was played, you know, you almost, you know, I was listening to some people talk and he, the guy's kind of a handicapper and, you know, the footing wasn't good and everything. And in games like that, you always want to pick the over because the offense knows what's happening. Defense has to react and they can't do it. And then you go with like a wind game where you want the under because the wind affects everything. You can't throw the ball, kicking the ball, but truly in a bad footing game, you want to pick the over, which is, you know, kind of counterintuitive what you would initially think. You think everybody's going to just fall down and everything else like that, and no one can do anything. It's not really the case. And, you know, both teams executed pretty well on offense, I would say. And, you know, and, you know, obviously the score uh, went that 42 to 35 was the final. So, and again, like we talked about the weirdness of the, so the story broke. I got an email from people inside the program that, you know, whatever, however you want to say it, that Norton and Sanders weren't playing. Um, word leaked out to the coaches that they were looking to go in the transfer portal. Didn't So they were pissed, didn't take them on the trip. That's kind of everything that came out. You know, obviously the guys on the TV didn't have all that quite that much information, but they did know they weren't they didn't weren't there. And you know, I thought to, I I liked Tim Brando. I've done it for a lot of years. He was a guy doing the game, and he goes, you know, they're not. No one's going to come out and say this, but you know what's happening. These guys aren't happy with whatever's happening. And they're going to go to the transfer. I mean, he essentially said it, and not so many words. And so, it was, and and some of the reason those guys aren't happy is. You know, I think Carson Hansen and Abu, Abu Sama had showed that they're pretty good. And, you know, Iowa State's going to have guys transfer and they're going to have some more guys transfer. But it's because guys behind them or younger than them are probably better than them. That's what's happening. And so they see the writing on the wall. You can't blame them. And so it's Abu Sama's game. This is his first start. You know, he's the third running back. And he comes out first play of the game, 71-yard touchdown run. Same thing as two years ago, Brees Hall, 75-yard touchdown run on the first play. And you're like, holy smokes. You, know, you don't think what's going to happen is going to happen, but like great start. This guy's, you know, 
shove it up Sanders and Norton's ass. Let's go. Yeah. You know, I mean, a real, I mean, it was just a straight yeah. up middle finger. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, you couldn't have drawn up a better start. Did, no, that's, so, did uh, you, were you able to watch the game or hear any of that or anything before the game? I, I saw some of it. Now the whole with with the players looking to go in the transfer portal portal and then not coming on the trip. I, I didn't hear all that. Right. But again, he took the most of his opportunity and uh only took one play. Yeah, and, and we're not done yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That was just that was just the first play. <laughs> I mean that that's what's crazy, and we're not even close to being done. So he ended up 276 yards, like fourth all-time, third or fourth all-time at Iowa State. Only guy ahead of him is Troy Davis, like three or two or three times mm-hmm. um, in his first start in a snow game. He had touchdown runs of 71, 66, and 70, 71, 66, and 77. Three of them. He averaged 14 yards a carry. When he when he carried, the joke was he carried for like three yards three times in a row, and it killed his average. Killed <laughs> his average, cut it back down to more more human like. Uh, and I think Iowa State only had ten first downs in the game, didn't they? Well, we're going to get to that. Yeah, but, we'll and, and that, he also but... fumbled and got benched for a little bit. That's what's crazy too is he didn't play for two or three series because <laughs> that that was actually that he uh, didn't play early. He fumbled somewhere. I can't remember where. And then he didn't play any of the rest of that game. And he didn't play it all the next game because that was his. He had fumbled a couple times. And obviously they had Sanders and Norton were playing fine. And, you know, they had like, hey, we got three, four other guys. We don't have to have him. Um, So that that's his only thing he's got to work on. I mean, obviously he has all the talent in the world. He ran for five touchdowns in the state championship game. And, you know, essentially he proved it first start, proved it again that he can do it at this level against the number nine. This isn't the worst team in the country. This is a team that two point conversion to win it at Austin, number 19 in the country, the defending big 12 champs, a team that's just really good, the solid fundamental play good football, you know, are they the best team in the country? No, but they're not the worst either. Um, and you know, Iowa State came out and, you know, you, they've shown, you know, from behind, you can watch that first play and the offensive line and the tight ends absolutely killed everybody. I mean, it was, it's one of the, if you want to watch just hard mouth, hard nose, smash mouth, kick your guys' ass right in front of you, watch that. And like the caption I keep reading is each time watch a different lineman, Every, all five of them plus two tight ends just smash people. Um, I don't know if you know K State just wasn't ready for it or if it's a different scheme or whatever, but it worked. So Sama three yard three runs over seventy yards or right around seventy yards for touchdowns, two hundred seventy six yards. Super crazy, unbelievable, but not you know it's crazy, but there's other craziness ready to happen. Jalen Noel catches a slant, goes seventy one yards. Okay, happens. It's not the first. Iowa State does really good on a slant. You make one guy miss or, you know, the safety isn't over the top, it's gone. That's just the way it is. Happens. Okay, no big deal. So there's another big play. So now they got four touchdowns over 60 yards. Then he catches a little out route on third and 17. I think it was right around that. Caught it at about eight yards. 
slowed down, kind of did a little slow down step. Three guys ran into each other and he goes down the sideline for 84. Yeah. And and you watch the D-backs that are like at midfield when he catches a ball. They take horrible angles or they don't realize how fast he is, whatever it is. But they should have been able to get him. And he just looks so fast. Now, in that situation, everybody else is running on the snow. He got right, you know, right at the yard markers. They blew it off and it was clean. And he got right along there and down. And 84 yards looked faster than everybody else. And he is. He's one of the faster guys on Iowa State's team. So he goes for 71 and 84 for his two, two touchdowns. So that's five touchdowns over 65 yards. Okay. Now they got one more touchdown that is a short 33-yard touchdown pass. Iowa State ran two plays in Kansas State territory all day. The 33-yard touchdown pass and the play right before it was like a 45-yard touchdown pass to get there. So they went like 70 yards in two plays. And now, and those big plays, and even that, that was some of the issue with the defense not being very good because the defense had to just keep coming right back on the field. Iowa State ran 35 plays in the entire game, scored 42 points. They had three kneel downs. Almost 10% of their plays were kneel downs. They kneeled down to end the half and then the last two plays of the game. So they really ran 32 plays that were trying to get yardage. Mm -hmm. That's craziness. They had 490 yards. There was 1,000 yards of offense in this game. (laughs) You wouldn't expect in a snow game. No. Yeah, so they ran 35 plays. Kansas State ran 102 plays. But you, you understand why. They had to drive down the field. Iowa State made them methodically work down the field, and then Iowa State would score in two or three plays, or one play in the as in the first. You know, I mean, it was just absolutely craziness. Yeah. So shortest TD or thirty three yards to Jay Higgins, uh, two plays in K State territory, zero red zone opportunities. That was like you know they have like Case IH red zone recap or whatever, like a sponsored deal. They had none. I remember listening to that. It was like, uh, we don't have any coach. Um, yeah, 42 points on 35 plays, three plays or kneels. They averaged 13 yards a play total. Um, and that is like one of the top in the country, but you have to have 50 plays to count. Like there's a minimum play requirement. So you don't even qualify to be in the record book or, you know, from something for that. So as a, just a, you know, an absolute fun football game to watch. That's, that's the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Memorable. It's a game, you know, as Iowa State fan, we'll talk about. Yes, because they won. And obviously, seven and five looks so much better than six and six. That's what makes it super important. And we're going to talk about that next with bowl games. And, but just overall, now they're guaranteed a winning record. Even if they lose the bowl game, seven and six is, looks way better than six and seven. And. You know, you're beating a rival. And, you know, again, with the the issues that were on the trip and those that didn't make the trip and, you know, the gambling issues before the year, you know, when they're one and two, if you would have said they're going to be seven and five, 
They won four straight games on the road in the Big 12. Now, the other three teams weren't very good. BYU was not very good. Cincinnati's not very good. And Baylor, not very good. But K-State is pretty good. And, you know, the thing that I was thinking is their offense looks so much better on the road than at home. Now, some has to do with the teams they played. Home teams this year, just they, they played Iowa at home. Played Texas at home. Um, Kansas was pretty good at home. And, you know, so there's three of the home games that, you know, just better teams than those teams that we just mentioned on the road. That's some of it. But they struggled to score at home, but they did not struggle to score on the road this year. And I think that's something they need to to look at and just try to come out a little bit more aggressive at home next year. Yeah, those the, the, all the stats you've seen online that you just mentioned, it's wild. Uh, total opposite of like an Iowa game, for oh, instance. It's, it's the, and everybody's like, well, why isn't it? You know, it's no defense. It's Big 12. I'm like, it's because the defense can't tackle anybody. It's physically, they, they, you know, here's how I knew it was bad. So Iowa State's All-American, first team, All-Big 12, cornerback. Um, TJ Tampa is going to be, you know, I would say a second or third rounder. Everybody's talking, well, maybe a first rounder. But I'm going to guess a second or third round pick. You know, 6'2 corner, he's, he's really good. He had two penalties against him, and I saw him miss more tackles than I've seen him miss all year. You know, he grabbed a guy because he didn't want to give up a touch. You know, it was the right play because he got beat, but you usually don't see him getting beat. You know, and so that's where I, that's how, where I knew defense is screwed. If he can't do it, no one can do it. Yeah, and the snow out there, it does make it tough. I mean, the Big 12 is a little bit opposite most of the time in, in the good weather, they're usually scoring a lot of points. But in, in this instance, so with the weather, it, it does make it tough for the defensive players to, to really react because that's what defense is. It's reaction. And if the offense knows what they're going to do in a snow game like that, they are going to have a – they're going to have a step on them. And Iowa State had a, just a ton of big plays. I mean, that's only 10 first downs, but they have almost 500 yards, all those touchdowns. And like you mentioned, too, to get to seven and five is a big deal. And do you know what bowl they're projected at right now? Have you yeah, seen so, so the, I mean, obviously, um, uh, I was over overall that their Big Ten or the Big 12 champ. Um, you know, obviously, Texas still has a chance. Uh, we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes here, but Texas had a chance to go to the playoff. So if they go to the playoff, it changes, you know, does Oklahoma sneak into the New Year's six then? Or, you know, obviously, if Oklahoma State wins. Um, they would go, and then I would assume Texas would probably still go to the New Year's Six. So some things, you know, if, if it's one team up or two teams up, that changes everything. Um, but Iowa State probably went from, you know, one of the true bottom bowls to definitely middle to upper upper level because of their travel. You know, they're going to pass some teams. Just Iowa does the same thing in the Big Ten. And, and the Big 12 Bulls truly get a pick. They can pick whoever they want. Um you know, like the Alamo Bowl is the first pick after, you know, the championship, you know, the New Year's Six. They wanted Iowa State, they can pick them. They can go over, they can go over Oklahoma. They can go, I mean, they can. Um, I don't think they will. Um, but yeah, it goes Alamo Bowl and it goes the Pop Tarts Bowl, which that's an interesting thing. Anyway, that's the old Cheez It Bowl. That's Iowa State's went to that old Camping World Bowl. Um, it changes names all the time and it happens. Um, that's where they played Notre Dame and they played Clemson. So they've been there twice, you know, same stadium as Iowa has played in, and Iowa probably will play in this year. Um, so that's a chance. That's that's number two. And then number three is like the Texas Bowl. 
Um, their bowl games aren't near as good as the Big Tens. I'll say that. And then there's then there's the ones that Iowa State I think will probably go to. The two I've got it down to that I think they'll go to is Liberty Bowl, uh, which is in Memphis. I, I've been there. Iowa State's been there two three times. Uh, it's fun. Uh, it, it's what's nice about it is you can drive there. Um, it's not too far, uh, so fans get there. It's the 29th, uh, so it's that Friday night, I believe, of New Year's weekend. Um, so that's decent, you know. So I think that's probably the one. If you want fans to go, it's probably the best one. Then the other one is is the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, which is the old Insight Bowl, which Iowa State's been to several times as well in Phoenix, which that's the best weather one besides Orlando. You know, if you could jump all the way up there. Um, or the Alamo Bowl, you know, it's, that's not bad. But, you know, if you could jump up to there, um, it'd be fine. But I think the Phoenix one's the best weather. I believe that one's a day after Christmas or maybe the 27th. Um, obviously, way more expensive to get there. There you play a Big Ten team, which would be kind of nice. You know, Iowa State played Minnesota there a few, I think 2009 or 10. And Iowa's played in that before as well. Um so that one wouldn't be I, – I think it's between those two. And then if you, you get down a little bit, um, Shreveport is one as well. That's another one where you could drive. Not a lot to do in Shreveport except gamble. Um, and it's not the best city in the world, but it's not horrible. Yeah. Are you you plan on going to the bowl game? I, I highly doubt it. Um, I'm, I'm never going to say never, especially if they go to the Liberty Bowl. I'm never going to say never because you can just drive down there and go. Um, it's not too bad. Uh, but I, if I had to say right now, probably not. I did tell – now, Now here's what's crazy. With all the results that happened, I did see someone do this. If Iowa State would have beat Kansas, just that one game flipped and everything else happened exactly the same, which, you know, you had that controversy where Jalen Knoll stepped out of bounds or not. And then, you know, just, you know, a few plays here or there. It was a close game. Iowa State goes to the Big 12 title game. Just with that one result, everything else happens exactly the same. So that's kind of crazy how close you kind of were to getting in there. And, you know, if they would have been playing in Dallas this week, I would have Because uh, obviously the one time they did, I did not go because I was COVID and couldn't get tickets like everybody wanted. Yeah, if they were to make the Big Big 12 title game, you'd have to get down there for that one. That's uh... – Yep, I would have, I would have been taken off Friday. Some might have even have left early from school, but um, yeah, it would have been on the way to Dallas. Instead, I'm going to go deer hunting on Saturday, and then Tyler's basketball tournament on Sunday. So there you go. Yeah, so um, you know that's kind of bowl games. Um, next, I want to talk about the transfer portal. Okay, so Iowa State has, as of right now, officially now you know there's rumors and everything else like that. Um, well, those those two running backs. Sanders and Norton are both in the portal. Um, Gaines, who was a four-star prospect, um, you know, big hype around him. Three total catches in two years. Um, he's in it, so, you know, he's a guy that didn't play. I mean, he just got beat out. And then um, this McGee guy, DB, he's played 16 games over two years, um, 17 tackles. So, again, played most games, probably played some special teams, I guess, as a D-back. And – you know, but not a guy that I'd hurt, really heard of. So, again, not a huge loss, I don't believe. And then uh, Deshaun Hanneke, who was a tight end, last year leading tight end, 
was suspended for the year with the gambling. Uh, much like Noah Shannon did not bet on Iowa State football, uh, but did, I believe, bet on Iowa State basketball. And so he had that year suspension. Um, and I think probably just a new setting for him probably is a good idea. I mean, so um, I think that one hurts a little bit on the playing field, I think, because he would have helped this year and going forward. Just as, uh, But they got good young tight ends, so it's not the end of the world. But um, obviously the two running backs, you don't want to see both of them go. Understand it. Um, but when your two leading running backs go to the transfer portal, you can't say that's ever good. But I think what you had behind them had something to do with it. Yeah, I think he proved that uh, in their last game. So, yeah, it sucks that they're leaving, but at least you got someone that appears to be really good replacing him. And, might, and here, might, be, might be for the best in the long run. Right, and here's the thing. Here's what's happening. Um, I don't know if you heard this today, but Matt Rule came out and said, you know, if you're in the transfer portal and you're one of starting, you know, top-of-the-line quarterbacks, it's going to cost you $1 to $2 million. Um, and that's what's going to happen. You know, um, tampering going on. Um right, wrong, whatever, you can't – you guarantee Abu Sama made some money on Saturday night from Iowa State or somebody else. Um, Iowa State's going to have to buck up and pay him or he'll go. I mean, that's just the rea- – it sucks. I don't like it. Um, I don't mind – I mean, and, and I heard I heard a guy say this on a podcast I listened to, and he's, he's a former Iowa State player. I'm not going to say his name, if, whatever. He goes, I like NIL. I love, he goes, I love NIL. Kids deserve to get paid. And I love the transfer portal. Kids should be able to go wherever they want. Everybody else can in the world. But when you put the two together, it's not good. You know, when you truly are going from one place to another for a paycheck, in in, in this situation, it sucks. And I thought that was really good. You know, independently, they're both great. You know, kids should get money, and you should be able to go wherever you want. When you put them together and you're leaving a situation just because this, you know, may not even be because you don't like Iowa State or Iowa or you and I, whatever, but, you know, and, and again, you cannot blame a kid. You're getting $25,000 from Iowa State. Texas is going to offer you 250 Well, I don't, that's, that's hard for anybody to turn down. It really, really is. And you can't blame anybody, but it sucks. That's just the reality of the situation. So Abu Sama's going to make some money from Iowa State or somebody else. We also have a freshman quarterback that looks pretty good. You know, I don't think he could command a million to $2 million if he goes in the transfer portal, but you don't think he could get a few hundred thousand? Sure he could. And, you know, I don't know. Would, you know, he's from Florida. Would uh, a Central Florida I don't know their quarterback situation for next year. Could they offer him 500000 I don't know. Be close to home. You know, now I don't think his family needs the money. His dad played in the NFL for quite a few years. Um, but it's still money. And you don't know. I mean, I don't think he's an NFL guy forever. But I didn't think Brock Purdy was either. And look at him. So who knows? Um, so... You know, and, you know, we've got two safeties that are sophomores that are pretty good. They're all first team, all conference, things like that. Um, you can't tell me that that schools aren't coming and going to offer. We got a couple D linemen that are pretty good. Those guys are valuable. And and here's the issue is 
they've proven it at a Big Twelve level. At a, at a, and so, you know, Georgia comes calling. It's hard to turn down. You know, everybody can be mad at Caden Proctor for not wanting to, you know, you know, spurn an spurn Iowa at the end of right at the end of the recruitment going to Alabama. He's a starting left tackle for Alabama that's playing an SEC championship game on Saturday. They win that game. You know, they could be playing in a in a semifinal. Mm-hmm. Can't blame the kid. You want to play in big football games. He played in one of the biggest football games and was protecting his quarterback on the play of the year in college football. I mean, that, that doesn't get any better than that. And he's getting more money at Alabama. Yes, I believe he's going to make the NFL, and he'll make more money in the NFL than he's making in NIL money. But he could blow his knee out tomorrow, or he could get hurt in a car wreck tomorrow and never go to the NFL. He's still going to have the money he made this year from football. You can't blame a kid at all, and I don't. But it does suck just for for fans and for football and everything. And here's what happens, okay? So let's just, for hypothetical, Iowa State's quarterback goes, say transfers, whatever. Well, what's Iowa State going to do? They're going to go in the transfer portal and they're going to get somebody from somewhere else. You know, try to go get the best FCS quarterback. You know, the South Dakota State quarterback that's the best one in the country. Go get him. You know, that's just what happens. It's just reality and it, it stinks. Essentially, it's free. I mean, in, in, the, in the realistic world, I think almost everybody should go in the transfer portal. Just go see what you can get and then go back. You know, I mean, that's really what probably should happen. I mean, if, if you really want to say everybody's going to get what they their fair market value, that's what, that's what should happen. F- true free agency. Everybody's open. Let's go. And then figure it out. <laughs> I mean, that's wild, but that's probably what should happen. Yeah, things things are changing for the fans. It does if if you're losing losing good players every year, uh, it makes it a little bit frustrating. Also, tough to build that team chemistry. That uh, you know, if you get players sticking around, obviously the top schools, the, t- the schools with the most money, uh, the big names are going to be able to have the most offer. So they're they're typically going to get the best players. Caden uh, Proctor, as you mentioned, yeah, I don't blame him for going to Alabama. Uh, Iowa's a good place to go for a lineman, but Alabama's been better over the recent years for a lineman than Iowa has. So as you mentioned, he can make a lot more money there. Who knows what happens with injuries and, and things like that. So no, you, you can't blame the kids for, for doing what's best for him. You know, back with the Rocco there with the, with Iowa state with the quarterback. I mean, his dad obviously played in the NFL. You know, you think his dad would say, Hey, you need to stick somewhere and not be transferring all over the place, but you never know. I mean, well, who knows what their financial situation is. And right. Uh, Kurt Warner's kid. I just saw. Went, isn't went to Temple, set records or whatever for Temple. He's in the transfer portal. I mean, essentially, now I think Temple's a little different than Iowa State. I'm going to assume he wants to go to a Power Five school. Wasn't recruited to do that, but he's proven that he can. So he's going to be able to jump up a little bit in, in, in level, you know. But there's a jump up from Iowa State to playing at Ole Miss or something like you know. I mean, just SEC or a, a top line Big Ten. You know, I mean, it's. And like you said, closer to home, he's from Florida. That don't ever rule that out either. You know, just if they're a long ways from home, and they go closer to home. Um, so we'll see. All right, now the you know the last thing I want to do, and, and we kind of already did it for the Iowa Michigan game, but the five championship games that uh, I want to talk about. So we got Michigan Iowa. 
21 and a half inch uh, spread. And we both take Michigan essentially that. You said 29 to 7, which would be 22 points, or 29 to 6, which is 28. 26. And then I said 30 to 7, which is 23. So we both took Michigan with the points for that. So let me write, I'm going to write this down so we can remember this. So we all both took Michigan minus 21 and a half. Okay. So n- next one I got here is Washington and Oregon, Oregon minus 10. Now this is a big time game. Um, obviously if Washington wins, they're in uh, undefeated PAC 12 title, probably the best conference top to bottom all of all the conferences this year, which is amazing because this is the last game. We only got two teams left. Um, who do you got? I'm, I'm going to take Oregon to win, but I am going to take Washington to cover in this one. So you're going to take the, you're going to take Washington the points, but you do think Oregon, and I'm going to do the same thing. I think this game will be very close. Uh, we're both taking Washington plus ten, for, but I'm with you. I do think Oregon wins the football game, but just not by ten. But it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if Oregon comes out and kicks their ass because this is one where if Oregon has the chance, they have to do. If if they could somehow do a forty-two to three, they got to do it because they're mm-hmm. on the outside looking in, and they got to make it impressive. They got to hope some teams lose, and they got to impress some people because it could be one lost teams, Oregon, Texas, Alabama, if everything works right, and two out of those three go. That's it. Depending on Joel, how everything Joel works Klatt out. Said, was it? Yeah, Joel Klatt said today that, you know, there's a chance if Oregon even wins, they still get left out. Yep, there, there is. Yeah, if, everybody, if Florida State wins, um, you know, say Alabama wins mm-hmm. and then Michigan wins, Oregon's not going, and we got an argument on who goes on the other teams. You know, I mean, it's – yeah, if that if those three games happen, Oregon doesn't go, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Now, I truly think – Oregon could be the best team in the country. I, I really believe they could be, um, but they have that loss. And just by the way everything else happened, um, it's going to be crazy. It's amazing that that overall this is the craziest year for the playoff. Usually it's almost set. Seeding changes a little this coming weekend. But overall, like there's, there's a path for somebody to sneak in backdoor like Ohio State last year. TCU lost the championship game, but still got in. That's not going to happen this year. You know, and we're going to talk about that here just after we get through these games. Alabama, Georgia, Georgia, five and a half point spread. I'm, I'm going to take Georgia um, to win the game, the spread. G- give me Georgia to, to cover. Georgia minus five and a half. And I'm going to yep. do that too. But a little bit of me wants Alabama to win this football game just for chaos. Mm-hmm. And, and if Alabama wins this game, we got chaos. No matter even what else happens, you got yep. chaos. Um, there are two SEC teams, and how could you leave Georgia out? They're on a whatever game winning. They've won 29 are. out of the last 30 games, and they're not. Gonna... But then how do, Alabama Alabama out, but how do you leave Alabama out? If Texas wins, Alabama beat them by 10. I think we're going to find out if head-to-head actually matters. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it does. They're going to put Alabama. Uh, if that happens, Alabama goes in over Texas, and Texas beat them at Alabama by ten. We're going to show that head to head does not matter. We need to leave Florida State out, but that's a that's another subject. I I agree, but they're how do you leave Florida State out that's undefeated? 
I know, but they don't have a quarterback. So, right. Well, I, yeah, I get it. I was going to say, we got chaos. We, we, we could have some serious chaos, and I'm all for it. All right. Um, Texas and Oklahoma State. Texas is a 16 point favorite. And they, have not played, and they have not played this year. So I'm, I'm taking Oklahoma State. Okay. I've seen Texas too many times over the last however many years stumble when they shouldn't. I know they did beat Alabama earlier this year, which is a great victory. Uh, there's it's no the best one in college football right now. It is uh, at, you know, at Texas. So, but I'm Sarkeesian, Texas. They always seem to to do something and i i do think they're the better team i, I see their big favorites it's just a gut feeling give me oklahoma state now do you think texas still wins the game no i got oklahoma state winning oh you got them winning I, I, a little bit of me wants that too um because then I, actually that, that helps iowa state bowl games because then both those teams go to new year six i truly believe that mm-hmm. um but i'm gonna take texas i'm gonna take texas my, minus 16 and i think this is a I really think this could be a absolute. This could be forty-two to three, and Texas will put it on them like no other. Because again, they need to prove how good they are. I think this is this is if Texas has a chance, they will blow Oklahoma State out as much as I, they can. I want Texas to get in the playoffs. I'm hoping they do. Right. Like I said, get some teams in there that that either haven't been or that we haven't seen at the top for a while. Right. I do hope Texas wins and gets in the playoff, but. Texas always seems to just not quite live oh, up to the hype, even though they do have the best win this year. Probably, like you said, I'm, I'm, my gut feeling is they, they stumble here when they shouldn't. And then I did, I was listening to an Iowa State podcast today, and they said if they were reading things correctly, Texas goes to the playoff. You know, obviously they get more money and everything. Texas won't get any of that money. They distribute distribute this money like August first of next year. And Texas will not be part of the Big Twelve. <laughs> well, Texas will be okay. If there's a school well, yeah, that can lose some money, but right? Yeah. But I just think it's funny that they would earn this. You know, obviously, yeah. I, I think they get a, a, a certain amount up front or whatever. But the the Big Twelve portion of what they get, mm-hmm. they wouldn't actually get. That'd be a little funny to me. That that would, yeah. <laughs> um, and when when they make the biggest share, you know, by going to the playoff. So I, I do think Texas wins. And then, you know, the last one is Louisville, Florida State. Um, Florida State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Their, their quarterback's not hurt, and, and he's not there. Louisville coming off a loss at Georgia, or against Kentucky. Were they looking ahead for a little bit less chaos? I do think uh, Louisville wins this game. But uh, a little bit of me would hope Florida State wins just because that'd be – that could ensue a lot of chaos. Yeah, I. This one I don't really. I don't have much of an opinion on this one. I mean, Florida State's obviously twelve and zero. You know, I don't know much about their backup quarterback, but if he's good, I again I'd like to see Florida State in the playoff just because it's Florida State. Love their logo, their colors. Growing up with yep. them, It'd be fun to see them in Texas and there in Michigan, and some of these teams, uh, maybe like in Oregon. But oh. Give me, give me Florida State to, to, to win it, and then to cause because they're that's going to be the controversy. I mean, yep. obviously, there's going to be one half of people that say, well, they're undefeated, they should be in. There's going to be the other half that said that are going to say kind of maybe like we are. Yeah, you're undefeated, but you don't have your starting quarterback, and you're your conference isn't great. Yeah, right. So, I, but I am going to take Florida State to okay. 
to win, and then that'll cause its its own arguments there. I think the committee has to be hoping that they lose. Oh yeah, they are hoping bad. Yeah, that make their life a lot easier. Yeah, I mean we're talking. We could end up with Michigan undefeated, Florida State undefeated, Washington undefeated. You know, three undefeated teams, and then if Alabama would beat Georgia, what do you do with Georgia, Alabama, and Texas? One out of those three go. Yeah, there's no good. I mean, I, I, you got Georgia, who's won twenty nine in the last thirty games. They won the. They lost the last game. Probably one of the top four teams in the country. So, so that is. The, the thing, this committee is supposed to do put the best four teams in. You know, the BCS was all about computers. And this this was the compromise, computers plus people. And if, if you put the split, like, like, honestly, you know who should actually do the playoffs? If they want to put the best teams, would be Vegas. Because yeah. you, you put the spread out here. You put Florida State against Georgia, win or lose against Alabama, they're a double-digit dog. You put Michigan against Florida State, they're a double-digit dog. They're probably a double-digit dog to Ohio State. Right now, Florida State would be a double-digit dog to about the top seven. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they would be. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be – they could be all the way to number two if things happen. If Michigan wins, Florida State wins, Washington wins, you know. I was surprised they were still number four this week. I, I thought they might have dropped them to five. So they would say, well, they didn't do enough to move up, you know, if they win. But, yeah, you're going to leave Florida State out undefeated, one of the biggest names in football. You know, we talk about blue bloods. Since 1985, Florida State's as blue as there is. Hmm. They got four national titles. That they, don't, they have one not that long. You know, Jameis Winston and Jimbo Fisher wasn't that long ago. Nope. Yeah, I, I don't know what will happen. I mean, the committee, obviously ESPN does all this. And we know mm-hmm. ESPN, they have really good ties with the SEC. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you would, you'd have to think if Alabama beats Georgia, I would think both of them get in. If Michigan wins, Michigan gets in. And then it's a fight for that final four spot. If maybe Texas, Oregon, and Washington all, all get left out. I, Even if they win, maybe they put Florida State in as that fourth team. Yeah, I don't. I I don't see how you leave Alabama out. If they win, the, but could you, ima- the could you imagine either. Paul Feinbaum? If I mean, there is a legit chance that the SEC gets left out. If Alabama beats Georgia, there's a legit argument that the SEC is left out. And I think they own. There's a little bit of me says they should be. There, this conference was not as good this year as it's been. Top to bottom. They don't, you know, LSU isn't a top five team like a lot of years. You know, Alabama is and Georgia is. That's it. You know, you know, LSU and Ole Miss are top 15 teams. Missouri's a top 12 team, which is kind of crazy that Missouri is actually the next best team. Mm-hmm. But they don't have four teams in the top 10 this year. And they're not the big names, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I would I would love to see Paul Feinbaum Monday morning or Sunday night. Even. He'll, he'd get on Sunday night 
and just be like, SEC's out. And it could happen. I'd love to see a meltdown of him. I'd enjoy that. All right. We are going to take a quick break here, and we are going to come back for one more segment. It'll be a short segment, but we are going to come back with one more. All right, a bonus third uh, segment here, uh, going a little long. Just want to finish up the college talk here. Yeah, I mean, we could, we could be talking just holy heck to come out of here, and a little bit of me loves it, especially in the last year because, you know, next year – Essentially, these games won't matter, you know, because Alabama and Georgia both be in the playoff. Washington, Oregon, both be in the playoff. Now, you know, like a like a Louisville, Florida State, you know, Louisville's got a lot to play for. They'd be, you know, pushing to get into that playoff. Iowa, Michigan, I would be pushing to get in the same situation, pushing to get into that top 12. They'd be really close with a win. Um, you know, obviously, Michigan, it doesn't matter win or lose, they'd be in, you know. Florida State would be in no matter what. So, you know, the 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 true prestige, you know, would be out of some of these games. And that's what's going to make it interesting, these games going forward, is because they won't matter. Some of them truly won't matter. Uh, this To get the seeding, and you, you probably, you know, for some of these teams, you want to get that first round by. But, you know, they know they're going to the playoff, win or lose. So it'll be interesting to see how coaches deal with that going forward. Yeah, there's probably going to be a couple of these in the future every year that that don't matter as much. I mean, a team like Georgia, even if they wanted, they could almost – I don't know if they would, but almost hit some starters, right? And if they know they lose, they're still going to get the one a one seed. Or, or I mean, think of think of Michigan-Iowa. They're a perfect example. Michigan could get beat 50-0, to zero, still in the playoff. And probably a top-four seed. You know, Iowa wins 50-0, to zero, they get into that playoff. I, I would assume they're going to jump four spots. If you could go do that, it's the number two team in the country. But yet, you got to understand what's actually happening where Michigan sat everybody. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, but this year, okay, here, here I want you to do. Here's our my four teams. I this is what I actually think is going to happen. Now I want chaos. I want Alabama to beat Georgia just for that. But I don't think it will happen. But I'd love to see Alabama beat Georgia. And I want Oregon to beat Washington and then figure out who's on, you know, those two games. That's what I want to happen. I want Florida state to win and I want Michigan to win handily just because that may, that's, those are chalk, but then everybody else, I want chaos. Just, I want to see what the committee does, but what I actually think will happen. Number one, Georgia. And this will be, this is even the final ranking that I think they will be number two, Michigan. Number three, Oregon, and number four, Florida State. Because I think, you know, and those four teams win. If those four teams win, I don't think Texas can get in. No, that's the only that's, ar- the only argument is. But I'd like or- to see I'd, I'd like to see Texas win, but I agree that that's probably what's going to happen if all those teams win. Right, because uh, Oregon's going to have a great win against Washington. That's going to put them over the top. And they're and they're going to avenge their only loss on the road in Seattle. You know that's where if I'm Texas, I'm a little bit unhappy that I'm not playing Oklahoma. If you were able to play Oklahoma and go beat Oklahoma, you'd have a little bit better argument in that situation where you could 
then you can have that argument between Oregon and and Texas because they both did the same thing. Now, obviously, Texas didn't lose Oklahoma at Oklahoma because they don't ever play. They play in a neutral site every year. But they would have that same argument. Hey, we lost, but we came back and beat them again later in the year. But I think Texas gets left out in that situation. Because you'd have, you know, three undefeated and then the Pac-12 champ who we just talked about what happened, but that was the best league of the year. So they they deserve to be in. Yeah, I think that the pack has to be in no matter what. What obviously if Washington wins, they're in. And right. I think if or- if Oregon does win, they they need to be in as well. So yeah, Texas, they they messed up a little bit by losing to Oklahoma. I mean, that's a that's a rivalry game. That's a tough one. It's not a major knock on them by any means, but you're right, it would be better if they were playing Oklahoma rather than Oklahoma State this weekend. All right, so who are your four and and the the, the seeds one through four? Uh, Georgia will be number one, Michigan two, Florida State three, Oregon four. Yeah, so you're just flipping Florida State and Oregon. Mm-hmm. I just think they're gonna, you know, with Florida State's quarterback issues, they're gonna want them out as fast as possible and give you know should give Georgia the easiest game. They probably should. Uh, and that's why I put Oregon three and, and that's a hell of a game for Michigan. I mean, you know, you're number two, you beat, you know, Ohio state and you know, that's a heck of a football game. I, I don't even know what that spread would be. Uh, Cause you got one of the best offenses versus the best defense. And that game would, would be, I'm pretty sure it'd be the Rose bowl. Cause I think if at all possible, they would have that, Big 10 Pac 12 matchup. I don't, like I said, I don't remember what the other one is, but I know one of the semifinals is the Rose Bowl. So I think the Rose Bowl would push their weight around and say, hey, we got that one. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun weekend. I there's there's a lot of scenarios that can that can take place, and there, there's more than one way for chaos. Mm-hmm. I would the chaos I would love, and we talked about it just a couple minutes ago, is the SEC out. Where it would be, you know, the, the the true chaos. Michigan one, you know, let's just say Washington two, because in that situation, um, and then we're going to go Florida State three because they're all undefeated, and then you know, then you're talking Texas would be four in that situation. I I think, I mean that that would be the four and how they'd seed them. You know, you could probably switch Florida State and Texas if you wanted, um. There's no way they would go in that situation, like leave a let's say Florida State lost also. Is there a way that they would put Georgia in over Alabama? Or would they put Alabama in and then Texas also in? Georgia in over who? Alabama. Even though Alabama just beat them. Yeah, I think if Florida State loses, then the two SECs are going. So then you're thinking so Florida State and Texas are out. Then it'd be the Alabama and Georgia and then Michigan in the Pac-12 winner right mm-hmm. so you you would put Alabama in over Texas who they lost to. I wouldn't but I think I think they would though right that's what I'm saying you could you put Texas in over Georgia or over Alabama and Georgia in and not Alabama in is there there's any an way there's an argument because obviously Texas beat Alabama Alabama beats Georgia they all have one loss. Georgia should probably be out in that theory, but 
I, I don't know if they'd have the guts to do it, or I don't even know if it'd be right. It's just, yeah, there, there's more than one scenario this year. Most years there's about one scenario where a team can either get in or out. Uh, this year there's, there's a few different ones with a few different teams, which makes it fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, uh, you know, we don't have very much, but the NFL, you know, like we, we kind of talked about that at the very beginning, you know, just the three games on Sun or on Thursday, the one game on Friday, which I did not watch at all. Um, I did hear it got like 7 million people, which is a lot, but it's actually really low for an NFL game. I don't even know what time it was. It was the Dolphins and Jets. Yeah. I think. Um, and, you know, and then obviously Sunday was fine. And then Monday, just normal. Um, you know, the big matchup of the week is the Eagles and 49ers. You know, it is what it is. It's going to, you know, I think the Eagles are two games up on the 49ers, correct? So the game really doesn't, you know, obviously 49ers need to win to still keep hope to get that home field advantage. If they lose, essentially it's over. Um, but but here's the thing I want to talk about the NFL with you, Trev. There is an argument that there are realistically four, maybe five teams in the NFL that can actually make the Super Bowl out of both conferences. And we're, you know, we're not even to December yet. If you had to pick five teams to get to the Super Bowl, who are your five? Or do, or, do, or do you think that's even – is that correct? Now, obviously, there, there's someone that could, you know, make a run or whatever. But realistically, I got three teams in the NFC and two in the AFC. Yeah, I've got Eagles, Niners, Chiefs, Ravens. And you could really say it's those four really say it's those four and then i i the next tier i guess you would put i'd put the jags and the cowboys yeah the cowboys i think the jags are out they just haven't proven to be able to win it miami's also in that they just can't beat a good team they're really mm-hmm. good against other teams but they once they play a good team they don't win no i'd, I'd agree with that it's, it's probably about four maybe five uh once you get outside of those top four or five i mean a team's really gonna have to go on a run here at the end of the year and they're the guys I were listening to even said there's, you know, the chiefs have their issues, but do you really want to bet on Lamar Jackson to beat Mahomes? He goes, you could make an argument. There's really only team one team in the AFC that can get there. And they're not great, but it's, it's still the chiefs. Yeah. I mean, my money would be on the chiefs right now in the AFC. Yeah, right now, now the NFC truly is the Eagles and 49ers. And then they think the Cowboys is, are close, but they go, can the Cowboys go into either one of those places and win? They can't, they haven't proven it in a long, long time. So they're like, it could be down to three teams. Really? <laughs> yeah. It, and you know, it, it probably is down to three, four, or maybe even five at most. We'll see what happens if injuries. Like I said, there's, there's usually a team that gets hot here. The last, the last four or five weeks of the year, you know, can Detroit get their get back on track? Uh, could another team in the AFC like the Jags, start to knock off some of the real contenders and take that next step. The Dolphins, the same can be said for them. But yeah, Chiefs, Eagles, Niners, those are the top three. Then probably the Cowboys, 
And then you start getting into those Jaguars, Dolphins, Baltimore. Lions. Balt- Baltimore should be up there before some yeah. of those. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's really about it. Yeah, the five teams they had were the Kansas City and Baltimore, and then, you know, the 49ers and the Eagles slash Cowboys. You know, Cowboys mm-hmm. was definitely below those four, but they would be that next team. Yeah, Cowboys are really talented. Uh, we'll just we'll see if they can finally get over the hump. I hope they don't. But Yeah, and say I'm, be- I'm with you. They've got they've got the talent to do it this year. That's for sure. They just they were they were close versus the Eagles. They've got them at home coming up here in a while. Uh, most likely, you know the Cowboys are hoping that the Niners can knock them off this weekend, knock the Eagles off. Uh, but we'll we'll see what the Cowboys can do. That Dak's playing a lot better. You know, I told you a week or two ago I bet him at thirty five to one for MVP. Right. And last I saw, I think he's down to nine to one now. So he's. He's putting up the stats and his team's winning. So I need I need him to keep uh, putting up a lot of touchdowns. That'll, yeah. that'll help yeah. me win a bet. All right. And then the last thing tomorrow at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Do you know what time it is? What time? Tomorrow at 11. What, yeah, what time like, is it? What's what, going what on? happens tomorrow? Like 11. I think it's like 11 o'clock. Um, I don't know. Tiger Woods, buddy. Oh, yeah, Tiger Woods. He's back. Tiger Woods is back, playing in his own tournament. Only like 20 guys there, but it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And he came out and said, you know, he had a pretty good press conference. I don't know if you, you paid attention. He said he'd been pretty busy, but he plans on playing about once a month, which is perfect. You know, he's, he's going to pick and choose. You know, March, he's going to play the players. April, he's going to play the Masters. May, he's going to play the PGA. June, He's going to play the U.S. Open. July, he's going to play, you know, the British Open. And then the playoffs, if he wants. He doesn't care. And then pick and choose the rest of the year. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And said he's healthy. He can walk. And we'll find out on starting tomorrow mid-morning. I will be tuned in at school. Yeah, I hope I hope he does well, and hopefully we get to see him a handful of times this year. Uh, you know, him coming back from all these injuries. You, you know, does he have a four day weekend, sort of speak, left in him, left in the body, maybe one? And I'm not even saying during a major. I'm just talking a regular tournament. But it'll be good to see him out there. Hope he does well, and hope he can stay healthy because it's better when he's out there. Yeah, I mean, it's just Tiger's back, baby, and that, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I just love watching him play golf. No, and, I do too. I I saw that and I I couldn't. I thought maybe there was some basketball or some football going no. on, but I, I forgot about the golf being Thursday. I, I read I read a quote today by Scotty Scheffler. He goes, "It's really nice having him at the range and looking down and seeing him, but he's different. When he hits a golf ball, it sounds different. And 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 you've heard I've heard that before. He's not the only one that says it, but you know, and and you hear that you know certain people that hit a baseball it just sounds different, and you know, and we've all seen." You know, like his nine iron from 2000, where it's the same freaking spot, just worn out on his club. And like his putter, have you seen that? This one came out recently, or I just saw it recently. Like his putter has the same, you know, that's why I suck at putting. I My putter goes all over the place, but it's the exact same spot. It's just worn out in one spot a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And then you watch him, he does those one hand, you know, putts and just drills everyone. His hands are so good. Thousands and thousands of putts in the same spot. Yeah. That's that's why he's the best. Yeah, I, I saw that worn out spot. That's 
that's just dedication. That's hours and hours of time every day for years and years is what that is. And well, that's, that's what he said, you know, when, when he got hurt and stuff, he goes, you know, and he couldn't walk or anything, but he could stand. I think he could stand and stuff. He goes, I didn't lose my hands and I didn't hurt my hands. And that's what makes him such a good golfer is his hands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he could chip and putt, you know, can't, couldn't go out and hit full or anybody could chip and putt. And so that part of the game never left, you know, except for when he truly couldn't move. But like, as soon as he could move, guaranteeing he was chipping and putting. Cause you can even chip and putt in your house, you know, I mean, especially putting. Yeah, no, that's, that's something that he could, he could continue to work on and yeah, I hope he does well. I hope, and I hope he you know gets through it. Okay. And hopefully we see him in the next year's tournaments and some of the big ones, but we'll, we'll see how he gets to this one first and how his body holds up. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Trev. It's been fun. Long one tonight, but that's okay. Not nothing wrong with that. So where are you at tonight? Or yeah, you're not, you're in a hotel room. Yep. Just in Denver. So not too far away. You headed home or out? Yep. Heading. Well, I'm, I'm in for tonight, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be back home this week. So not much exciting. All righty. Good night, Trev. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Hey, you have a good one. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to Morgan. You asked for podcast. Please like subscribe and rate the podcast on your podcast player to help spread the podcast out to bigger audiences. I love that one. Four, three, one, two, three, four. Shaking those girls downtown are more than I can take. I wasted Rockies and the sailors' mouths and the boys in the back of the bus.